I was singing this song, and, um, you know, Tim did the slideshow, and he's awesome. He did the slideshow already ahead of time for us so that uh, he'd be ready while he's camping. And um, back at this, you know, we're like, what, what is this? What is this? And Carl goes, is those sausages? <laughs> and then Danielle... And then Danielle said the same thing while we're singing. Said, are those sausages? And I was like, you guys must be hungry or something. I said, those are chains, guys. Those are chains. Amen. Awesome. So that's why I was laughing, Carl. I was singing and then I started laughing. All right, guys. Well, amen for that. Picture's worth a thousand words. Uh, Let's turn our Bibles to Exodus. And uh, we've had just a great service so far. Happy Father's Day again. Um, and I'm excited that we get to um, really continue our worship. Um, today's message is called Veiled or Unveiled Worship. Um, and that seems really epic of a title, right? Veiled or Unveiled ver- uh, Worship. And um, it's really moved me deeply as I, I've studied this out more, uh, just the ability to worship God in a new covenant way. And sometimes we can worship God as if we're in the old covenant. And that's not God's intention, that with Christ, he's taken away the veil, as the scripture said. It says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I know last week we spoke about, uh, uh, about how the worship's goal is the pursuit of God. Yeah. That, that our goal for, why do we worship? Why do we sing songs? Why do we come on Sunday? Why do we spend every day a special time with God uh, in our own time? You know, what are we doing there? Is that just to, a lot of people think, well, that's just to help my heart stay away from the world. No, that's not the ultimate goal, although obviously it does help us every day when we hear God's word. It's to know God. It's to pursue God. It's to, to see his glory as Moses desired. You know, Moses desired the glory of God above the mission of God, above the, the other things that he tasked him with. And, and um, it's really cool to hear Jesus say, do you love me? And that was the, that's the, the number one question that God wants to ask you and me. Do you love me? It, well, then, great. Then feed my sheep. That's one way you can show your love to me. That, that everything we do in the service of God is to love God, is to pursue God, is to, it, it, it comes out of that relationship with God. And, um, and then the week before that, we spoke about how we're made for worship. Today we're going to talk about veiled and unveiled worship. And then next week we're going to have a very special time. I want to encourage you to bring your friends, bring uh, people uh, that, you know, from work. We're going to have a time of worship. Uh, the whole time is going to be a time of worship. We're going to be singing. We're going to be uh, praying together in prayer groups. And we're also going to do something special we've never done before. We're going to ask you for a minute to come up and share one of your favorite passages and to to share a message of encouragement to the church. Amen. Uh, Brother and sister alike, and we'd like you to come up and and just be timely if you can. But, you know, share the scripture and, and share how this... Uh, scripture helps you get closer to God. Um, I think I'm excited about how God's Spirit is going to work. Um, and so we're going to have time to sing, a time to share our scriptures uh, that are on our hearts, and then a time to also uh, pray together and uh, take the scriptures in. And, and so in many ways, we're going to teach each other. As the Bible says, no longer will, will a man have to teach the Lord, for we all know our God. Amen. And uh, this message hopefully will help you prepare for that in your hearts. Um, so come ready to worship, uh, obviously, next Sunday. Come ready to, to share a scripture. Come ready to sing lots of songs. And, and come ready to be changed. Amen? Amen. To be transformed by our, our, our time of worship and by our God. Amen? Um, Exodus 33. Let's go there. If we're not already there. And... Um, we, last week we were in this passage and we were talking about how Moses was asked, you know, to go into the land of Canaan. God said, I'll send you, I'll send my angel ahead of you, right? 
And I mean, you're, you're going to conquer the land. I mean, basically everything looks good. Just go into the land. My angel's powerful enough. You know, in some ways God delegated uh, out the, uh, the presence, his presence. And Moses said, I'm not going anywhere without you. I don't want to go. Don't send us. If you don't come, I don't want to go. I don't care about the land of Canaan. I don't care about the milk and honey. I don't care about the blessings. I want the blesser. You know, the blesser is greater than the blessings. The creator is greater than the creation. And Moses is a great example of, 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 of what it means to worship God and what it means to have a relationship with God is that you're here as, as you know, as... Um, as Sherry said, you know, even if the, 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 the roads are paved with dirt, I want to be there. Amen. Because of the one who is there. And so this is really the heart of worship. In, in Exodus 33, starting verse 21, the Bible reads, um, Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you stand on the rock. When my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cleft in the rock. And I'll cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I'll remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. The Lord said to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. And I'll write them on the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Be ready in the morning. And then come up on Mount Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even the flocks and herds may graze in the front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up to Mount Sinai early in the morning. As the Lord had commanded him, he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our weaknesses and our sin and take us, please, as your inheritance. Then the Lord said, I am am making a covenant with you before all your people. I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see awesome, how awesome is the works that I the Lord will do for you. Obey what I command you today, and I'll drive out before you the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their astral poles. Do not worship any other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Man, don't you feel the chills? When you realize what just happened here. And, and, you know, God, of of course, was fulfilling the wish that Moses had in in Exodus. He said, show me your glory. I want to see the weight, the full glory of God. Show me it right now. And God said, if I show you, you'll die. I can't show you. I have more work to you to do on the earth. And then Moses was like, well, I got my brother Aaron. He's basically doing all the talking anyways. And Moses said, well, you see what Aaron just did the chapter before? He made a golden calf. You got to stick around a little longer. But of course, God said, but I will do something even more special. I will put you in the cleft and you'll see my back and I'll pass by you. And I'll proclaim my name. And he says in verse 6, I just want you to know who I am. Amen? I just want you to know my heart. He says, I am a compassionate and gracious God. That's what he wants us to know, guys. 
Isn't that awesome that our God is a compassionate and gracious God? Can I get an amen? amen? Isn't that awesome? This is your God. He's compassionate. He's gracious. You know, he, when he sees us hurting, when he sees us, he, he feels it for us. He's compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger. Amen? Abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. You know, this is our God. This is the heart, the very glory of God here. This is his name. This is who he is. We have to remember this. Because as he passes by Moses, he's also showing us who he is. So grateful that this was recorded. You know, that that God passed by to, to tell Moses... Just remember this forever. Remember that I'm gracious and compassionate and slow to anger. You know, but that's not naturally what we think when we think about a God. Amen? A lot of us were growing up in in other religious uh, areas where God was a stern God. You better not mess around with God. Because if you do, you're going to get punished. Or God's unapproachable. But this is not the God that we worship. Amen? Amen? We worship a God that's slow to anger and who is forgiving, I love this, thousands, millions obviously, forgiving wickedness, (laughs) rebellion, and sin. I love that. He doesn't just forgive like sin that you by accidentally, you know, do. He forgives wickedness. Wow. Rebellion. I mean, rebelling against God. We've done that in the past. And yet God says, I have forgiven you. And this is the God that God wanted to, to, he wanted us to know him that way. Amen? Mm -hmm. And at that point, the veil came down from Moses. Obviously, he didn't have a veil on, but he understood who his God was. And he wanted to show the rest of the world who he was as well. You know, he passed by. And guys, when we, when we have times with our God, when we worship him in the morning, when we worship him, whenever time we do worship him. I know some of us work at night, so maybe it's night you worship him. But in the middle of the day, there's, there's no good or bad time. But if you don't come out of your times with God understanding this, it's important that you do. That whatever you study out, whatever you're reading, that you understand that our God He's slow to anger and gracious. He's keeping mercy and loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And yet at the same time, he is a just God. And and, and there is consequences to our sin, but there is forgiveness as well. Amen? So I wanted to start with that because when we don't see God like that, we're veiled. When we don't see a God like this, we're veiled. But when we do, we're unveiled. What type of relationship do you desire with God? A veiled one or an unveiled one? I want to get to that. Point number one, veiled worship. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. But what I want to do first, see if I got this here. I really just want to talk first about what these words mean, veiled worship. Veiled means partially concealed. You know, like when, you, when a bride comes, right? She's veiled, right? And that is supposed to be, in some ways, a symbol of your relationship as a dating couple. Kind of interesting, huh? How, hey, I'm not going to let you see everything of me. I'm veiled. But when I, un, when I lift this up, I am your wife. I am fully your wife, and, and I am unveiled to you. Very special if you think about that. And even the, the boundaries of purity that that really does speak of. Unveiled means not hidden by a veil or other covering to lay bare. I want a relationship that's not partially concealed with God. I want a relationship with God that's not obscure or difficult to understand. I want a relationship with God that is uncovered. And laid bare. Amen? 
That's the kind of relationship we want with God. Amen? That's the kind of relationship. I want a relationship like Moses had with God. And I dare to say that as Christians, we can have a closer relationship than even Moses had with God. That's amazing to think about, but we'll talk more about what that is. Amen? So let's get into it. Veiled worship. We're going to look at a passage later on, Exodus 34, let's move on, that speaks about this veil. Amen? And then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 3 and see how Paul connects it to us. Amen? Amen. Um, Exodus 34, verse 29, later on, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. After all the Israelites came near, he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. Mm, Interesting. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had commanded... They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. This is one of the most crazy passages in all the Bible, isn't it? That, that, and it's also powerful because this is what happens when you spend time with God. Your face becomes radiant. It shines. And you know when you come out of a time with God, amen, what happens to your face? You're shining. You're, 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 you're just excited. You're, you're like, man, that was incredible to spend time with God. It says when he spoke with the Lord, his face became radiant. And it was so radiant that they were scared to get near him. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's interesting. When he went out, he came back. He came back, and Moses didn't realize it. Moses was fired up. He was excited. He was ready to give. He was like, okay, let's pull everyone together. And imagine seeing a man's face like that. How scary that was. They thought, is he a god? What happened to Moses? He's been transformed into someone else. It's interesting that when we spend time with God, even in that passage that um, you know, uh, uh, Jim shared, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Let his face shine upon you. That his face, the brightness, he didn't see his face. It was his back, actually. Amen? That's pretty awesome. His back. <laughs> Think about that. The, the face was so bright of the Lord that it was the reflection of the back that shined back on Moses so much that his face changed into a shimmering, radiant face. And when they came to speak to him, they said, put the veil on, Moses. You're too bright. That's amazing. We can't even look at you. We can't even see into your face. Please put the veil on. They put the veil on. Okay, now we can talk. That's how overwhelming God's glory was. And what's amazing about that is that Moses is just a a piece of flesh that has been in front of God's glory. And that's what God did to this sinful human being named Moses. He was a sinful human being. He, he, had, he was not God. He was just a, a, somebody who spent time in the presence of God. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Veiled worship. And so for them... They didn't understand what was going on with Moses. I mean, it was kind of scary. It was like, what's happening? Amen? What's happening to this man? You know, he says he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. Church, when you speak with God, your face becomes radiant. And what's amazing is God says, listen, in the the Old Testament, Moses had to be veiled. But now... We're not like Moses. 
We have to let it shine. We can let it shine. It's amazing, the difference. You know, there's a limitation to understanding what this was about. There was a limitation, you know. I think this is profound. Moses was unveiled with God, but he was veiled with the people. You know, people don't understand the Christian life. People don't understand what you do and how you live. It, it's, it's foreign to them. It's veiled to them. What do you mean? You wait till you're married? What do you mean before you're physical with a woman? What, what do you mean you don't cuss? What do you mean you don't lie? This is veiled to them. Why would you do something like that? You know, uh, Brianna in high school, it, I'm sure there's people that think she's strange for going to church so much and doing the things she does because it's veiled to them. It's veiled to the people in Thornton Academy. You know, it's veiled to them. You know, what was the result of him being close to God? His face was radiant. Being in the presence of God transformed Moses. When we are in the presence of God, we will be transformed. You know, I think as Christians, we try too hard. You go, what do you mean? Aren't I supposed to try hard? You know, you know uh, Josh said something. You know, there's, a, there's an expression at his school, try hard. That guy's a try hard, you know. He's, 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 he's you know, that's our, obviously our generation these days, you know. He's a try hard, you know, in class, the person that's raising their hand all the time. You know, we, we call it different things in different generations to try hard, you know what I mean. And, and it, you know, and, and even when you're playing basketball, if you try, you, you have to obviously work hard, but if you try too hard, I gotta win the game. I gotta win the game. You know, you, you can actually mess up the game. You know, you, 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 But as Christians, we can do the same thing. We try so hard to change our characters. Man, I'm just this way. I, I can't be this way anymore. I get angry. I get upset. God, help my ministry grow. Help my family group grow. Oh, try. I'm trying to do this. I got to do this more. I got to do that more. I got to change this. I got to change that. Let me write these 10 decisions in my journal so that I can change and be different. I remember there was one year, I'll never forget, I, was, I just said, I'm going to read the Bible just all the way through. And uh, I'm just going to, I've never done that before, so let me do that. So I read the Bible all the way through, and I... I I didn't think any of it. It just was like that. I was unaware. And people started coming up to me and saying, Glenn, how have you changed so much? You just, just so much fruit is coming out of your life. What's, what are you doing? What are you doing? I want to do what you're doing. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Literally, I was kind of like, um, I was unaware and that's the most beautiful part of being a Christian, is you're unaware. And it's because you're just so focused on God. You don't, you're not thinking about you. And you literally are changed. You're unaware. And I didn't know. I, I said, bro, I don't even know. Um, he said, come on, what are you doing differently? What are you doing in your quiet times? And I'm like... Read my Bible, and I'm praying. That doesn't help me at all, Glenn. Tell me what else you're doing. I said, well, I just started reading the Bible all the way through. That's it. You read the Bible from cover to cover? That's what changed you, Glenn. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's what happened. And it helped me realize that I try too hard sometimes. That when we can just say, God, I have this weakness. I'm going to spend more time with you. And I trust that you're going to transform me as you will. You know, a butterfly doesn't, try, uh, uh, doesn't have to try hard. Right? It's in their DNA to be transformed, to metamorphosize into a butterfly. The caterpillar is like, I got to be a god. First out of the wings, wings. Oh! You know, it's almost like the, uh, 
the Hulk, you know, in um, the Gauntlet, Infinity Gauntlet, you know, movie, where he was trying to be the Hulk, and Hulk wasn't coming out. You know what I mean? And it's sometimes like that's what we want. We're like, Jesus, come out! Ah! You know, and, and it's not going to happen unless we spend time with God. Yeah. You know, we try to be more joyful, more loving, more powerful, more faithful, but we don't realize that in order to change something, you have to be transformed by an outside source. You can't take what you have and change. Nothing like that can ever happen. You have to take God, Amen. let him transform you. And that's, that's the message of sanctification, guys, that I don't think is preached much. There's certainly, we are actively cooperating with that, amen? But I actually think we just have to come along for the ride. The Israelites were limited in their understanding. No one could say that the veil kept, kept them separate from the inner heart of God. But Moses had an inside look, while the Israelites didn't. We are like Moses, but we also are not like Moses. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter seven, uh, 3. How are we doing, church? Amen. So, church, don't be any more, no more tryhards in the church, amen? amen. Try hard. Now, there is effort involved. One of the efforts involved is getting up early in the morning and praying to God. That does take effort. But that's not going to change you. There's plenty of people that wake up early and do a lot of things. It's not waking up early that changes you. It's the God that you worship that changes you. Amen? Do you have so- who has something in their character that just, it's hard to overcome? Amen? We all do. Let God transform you. Commit today that you're not going to try hard anymore. You're going to just spend more time with God. Someday someone's going to come up to you and say, what, what are you doing? How are you so transformed? And you're going to be unaware. And you're going to remember me. And you're going to, wait a second, I remember this story. I don't know. God did it. And it seems like a pat answer, doesn't it? But it's not. It's the most truthful statement you could say. Let's read in verse 7, chapter 3. Now, if the ministry that brought death, amen, that's encouraging. How's your ministry doing? Moses? Well, it's doing pretty good. It's bringing a lot of death to a lot of people. Which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory. Even this death ministry was full of glory. So the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of, his, of its glory. Transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious I think the answer to that is yes. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses. This has been the scripture. Verse 13, that has been haunting me all week. We're not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So what's happening here? Paul is speaking to the Corinth church and he's saying, we have a more glorious ministry than even Moses did. We, speaking about Paul, Titus, the leaders of the church, are not like Moses. Now that's kind of funny to say, huh? Moses was amazing. Everyone wanted to be like Moses. Moses was like, you know, I want to be like Mike. You know, that, that, that commercial that came out a long time about Michael Jordan? They sing it in Hebrew for Moses. You know, I want to be like Moses. You know, they want to be like Moses. They wanted to be like him. He was the greatest prophet of all time. There was no one else like Moses, the Bible says. Even though Moses said there's going to be someone else like me. 
even greater. You must listen to him, and that was Jesus. But he was, everyone wanted to be like, but, but Paul was saying something so bold. We're not like Moses. We're not like Moses. We don't worship God in a veiled way. We're not like Moses, who put the veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. We're not like Moses. It was a transitory, fading glory. See, what happened was interesting. When Moses kept away from spending time with God, his face faded back. But with us, it's never going away. But it's also a real understanding of how we need our times with God because it, they will, it will fade. Our shining will fade. There is, a, there is a truth to that. What is the difference between Moses' ministry and Jesus' ministry? Moses' ministry brings death. Jesus' ministry brings life. Moses' ministry is veiled. Jesus' ministry is unveiled. Moses' ministry brought condemnation. Jesus' ministry brings righteousness. You ever think about that? When you're speaking the gospel to someone, you're bringing the righteousness into their life. You're making people righteous, blameless before God. Moses' transitory glory Jesus is long-lasting glory. Therefore, since we have this hope, we are very bold. Church, what does he mean by very bold? It means, I think, in preaching God's word, we are very bold. You know, how bold are we, church? What's our bold meter if we were going to make a bold meter for all of us? Are we bold? You know, there's some people I think of that are bold, that, that just are good at being bold, you know? I definitely think, you know, Brandon's someone who's bold. I think Seth's someone who's bold. You know, I think Lianne's someone's bold. Barb's someone who's bold. She's like, I'm just trying to love God. You want to come with me? I love it. You know what I mean? I'm just going to love you. You come with me, I'm going to love you. Sorry, I, I had to do the accent. I love it. I love the accent, you know? You know, Sarah's bold. Sarah at work. You know, Sarah Gonta at work, they were having a lunch. And she's like, hey, wait a second. Can we pray? Amen. And everyone's like, what did he, she say to pray? <laughs> and she didn't even ask permission. She said, okay, I'll pray. <laughs> Very bold. Amen. Now, we're not harsh. We're not, not humble. We're, we're humble people. But we're bold. Amen. We have a ministry that brings righteousness. We have a ministry that's, that brings eternal life to people. Wouldn't you be bold if you had that? Amen. You know, but for unveiled faces, we can be bold. Amen? You know, Moses said in Numbers eleven twenty nine. 29, um, Then Joshua, son of Nun, I love this, the attendant of Moses from his youth said, My Lord Moses, stop them! <laughs> but Moses said to them, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish all the Lord's people were prophets. And then all the Lord's people, would put, all the Lord would put his spirit upon them. This is what Moses longed for. He longed for more prophets than just him. These, these, these company of prophets were prophesying. And, and, and Joshua was like, this isn't right. Even Joshua, who I think understood God much, was like, this isn't right. Let's stop them from prophesying. And Moses was like, let them go on. I wish that all God's people were prophets. Moses is speaking of the time that we're speaking of right now. Amen where all of us will be prophets. Amen. All of us will have the, the ability to the tent of meeting with among us. We won't be outside the camp. We're inside the tent, guys. You know, we are the tents where the Ark of the Covenant lives, where the Holy Spirit lives. What's the Ark? The Ark was only special because of what was inside the Ark, the presence of God. Church, we are very bold because of this. We need to worship God in this way, with boldness. You know, the Bible says we are very confident because Jesus was tempted in every way, yet was without sin and can connect with us, Hebrews 4, verse 16. We come to the throne of mercy with confidence. How do you start your prayers? How do you start worship? I hope it's with confidence, a humble confidence. 
You know, I remember there was some people in the church that used to pray, hello, daddy. And I used to get annoyed, you know, when I was a young Christian. I was like, daddy, that's disrespectful. You know? Someone was like, hey, Pops. I'm like, Pops? What is this? Are we in New York or something? What is this? Pops? You know what I mean? And, and, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, but the confidence that they had to come to God. Abba means daddy, by the way. So I got convicted when I figured out that to translation. I was like, wow, that wasn't right. You know, and I, I, whatever helps us connect with God. But when we come to God, we come to a God who's saying, welcome, my son. You know, when you sing, no matter how it sounds to the world, it's beautiful. It's even more beautiful than an angel singing. You know, when we pray, it's got God's focus right away. You know? It's amazing how Moses would go into the tent, and you would think the cloud would dictate when Moses came in the tent. But it was the opposite. It was when Moses came in the tent the cloud would follow. Isn't that interesting that God waits on us? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Who are we? <laughs> but the, then the question's answered. We are sons of God and daughters of God. Amen. You know, when my son says, it was funny, Justin was, <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, where are all these islands out here? We're outside. He's like, that's Brunswick, that's Freeport. He was telling me all the islands. And then Manny starts talking to me. Daddy, my thumb hurts. And I just left Justin and I started helping man. You know, as a father, you got to do that. You got to, okay, wait. My son's calling me. He's hurting. He's crying. I need to forget this conversation and go over here. And Justin was kind of annoyed. He was like, why does this happen every time? I'm answering my, your question and then you just go somewhere else. It was funny. You know, Justin's very witty and as you know. As we all know. And I said, well, let me tell you why. It's because my little son, Manny, he, wanted, he needed my, my help. And he goes, oh, that's actually true. Every time I talk to you and you just leave my conversation, I feel a little hurt. It's because you got your sons. I won't ever get upset anymore. And that's how we, and then he explained to me, and that's Portland, and that's, you know, we finished the conversation, amen? But that's what it's like with God. I sometimes think the angels might feel a little hurt, you know, when, you know, Michael's like, okay, what are we going to do to help the Middle East conflict? Wait a second, Glenn's praying. Hold that thought. Glenn? Who's Glenn? What kind of name is Glenn? Where is he? He lives in Portland, Maine. There's no conflict in Portland, Maine. You know, but that's how it is with God, amen. We have a God who we're unveiled to, you know. And we all need to be bold, more bold than Moses and say, show me your glory. I want you, church, to pray that daily this summer. Show me your glory. What if the whole church prayed that? What's going to happen? Guys, if I die because God showed me the glory, don't be sad for me. I think that's going to mean a lot of things. God knows how to answer our prayers. What's it going to mean for you for God to show you his glory? It's an interesting question. Very interesting question. Second point, unveiled worship. I love this picture. We got the kitty cat, which is me, looking in a mirror. And seeing a lion. And I, I tried to look for a di- an image that would depict this next scripture. And this is, man, I tell you what, I've been really studying my Bible a little bit more deeper since worship. Amen? Amen. So thank you, church. Amen. And I realize how much of the Bible I really don't know. Still have so much to learn. Goodness gracious. I have so much to learn. I'm an infant with the Bible. That's how I feel right now. Because I was over, going over and over and over and over again this passage. Because I didn't understand it. Let's keep reading in verse um, 15. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. 
Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Amen. And this is the scripture that I just was going over and over again. And you'll see why. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, maybe you just, that was a simple passage for you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I get that. Don't you get that? That makes sense. What are you talking about? So this is how it's translated. That word contemplate is a word that is very difficult to understand. It's a loaded word in the Greek. Loaded, meaning it seems like one word, but it's like three or four words. That's the worst kind of Greek word, but it's the best too because you know what? Our relationship with God is not just easy to understand sometimes. He says, another version says um, that this word means beholding the Lord's glory. Contemplating the Lord's glory is, is a word, and then beholding. And then another version says, as all of us are looking with unveiled faces at the glory of the Lord, as if we were looking into a mirror, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Another version says, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of His face. And we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. So first thing, church, without Christ, the world is veiled when it comes to God. Only in Christ is the veil taken away. I don't care how religious someone is. If they don't know Christ, it's veiled to them. They can't see. Only in turning to God, only coming to turning to Jesus, is the veil removed. So... When you look in a mirror, I don't know if you look in the mirror today, amen. I think most of us did because we're getting ready for church. Sometimes we're very inspired in the mirror. Sometimes we're not inspired in the mirror. But when you look in the mirror, you usually just see yourself. You're seeing yourself, right? And you're looking in the mirror, you're like, wow, I got eye boogers. I got to get rid of those. Amen? Wow. Today I looked in the mirror and my my hair was just like this, straight up. Mohawk straight up. I was like, whoa. Well, how was I sleeping? I was super tired from camping. When you're camping, you're like, you're so tired. So I'm like, I got to change that. I'm looking kind of crazy right now. But when you look at, when you spend time with God, you're looking into the mirror and you're seeing him. And it's like, I thought about mirror, mirror on the wall, you know? And it's magical when you spend time with God. It is magic. Not in the way we know magic, but through the Holy Spirit. When we look into the mirror, and another word for mirror, the word of God is also spoken like a mirror. So think about this. When we look into God's word and spend time with God and we speak with God through God's word, we see who's behind the mirror, and that's God. When we look intently into that mirror, we see God. And as we look into the mirror, as we behold the glory of God, as we contemplate all of God's glory, and we're praying, show me your glory, we are changed into becoming like him. So this cat, this little, you know, little tiny yellow cat is getting transformed into the Lion of Judah. You know, it's, we're not the source of change. We're not the source of transformation. The one in the mirror is. You know, more time with God means more time to be transfigured. Transfigured is an amazing word. It's the same word that was used with Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. He was transfigured into who he really was. This is what happens to us in our time on earth. We are transfigured in a slower way than who we are. See, the the truth is, the one inside of you, the spirit, is working. I I saw a big fat caterpillar 
outside of my tent. Those big old fat cattle, those like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They just, they're so gross. They're like, I'm like, what is going on with them? Which one is, what's the head at? I don't know. <laughs> Both sides of the head, you know, and I got baptized, you know, I was kind of like a caterpillar, right? But then at the same moment, I saw this butterfly flying by. It was kind of interesting how that was. Beautiful, yellow, big winged, beautiful monarch butterfly going by and beautiful. It's funny when you see a butterfly, at times kind of stops. Not to be too dramatic, but you do. You, you kind of, oh, look at that butterfly. You, know, you, you just kind of look at it and you're just sort of memorized by it. You're like, this is amazing. But do you remember that that used to be this guy? You know what I mean? Like, it's not an inspiring creature, you know? Not an inspiring creature. But what it becomes is inspiring. It stops time, amen? You know, I just want to encourage us, guys, to pray, show me your glory. To spend a lot of time this summer with God. To be transformed. I want this time to be a time where we transform. But for me, it's not the transformation that I'm excited about. It's the glory. Let's be a church that's unaware of our change. Let's have some people come up and go, what happened to you guys? What happened to you? And all we can say is, what are you talking about? We just spent time with our God. You know, I want to leave you with this. What are you going to go after this summer in your times with God? Make one decision today that's going to help you look more into the face of God. What's that mean? Maybe it's, I'm going to use my lunch break to, to not just have the water cooler talk, to not just talk. I'm going to go out, it's beautiful, and I'm just going to have my time with God. I remember I worked at a, a coffee shop, Green Mountain Coffee. Had to get up at four. It was not inspiring. Go and make the coffee. I'll have uh, two with the creams and uh, sugar. Please put four sweet and low and two uh, cancer agents in there, please. I'm like, okay. One girl, and then some people like drinking in the drive through like, I need a little bit more sugar in there. You're like, say when. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, come on. You know, it's not inspiring, right? But I'll tell you what, I had, I had a 30-minute lunch break, and I remember reading The Minor Prophets, Gordon Ferguson's book called The Radical Edge. I remember reading through that little purple manual, reading about the minor prophets, Micah, Obadiah, Jonah, and I was transformed. I tell you what, I came out of that coffee shop smelling like a coffee bean. <laughs> I was so tired, but I, I, my quiet times were so powerful. Those 30 minutes, I couldn't go home and sleep. I remember being just a 19-year-old sophomore in college, and I had to go share my faith to these Portsmouth, the most, one of the most hardest places to share, I think, in America. You know, I'm talking to guys with gauges and, you know, the... the four or five metal things going through their nose. And I'm like, do you know how much God loves you? They're like, you smell like a coffee bean. You know? And one guy's like, I don't even believe in God, but you're so excited about it, I want to come. Amen. You know, and I was like, amen. That's encouraging. Whatever it's going to take to get you to see God's face. But the truth is, even in the most uninspiring situations... You can be transported into that place with God that will transform you from one degree of glory to the next. Church, what are you going to do to see God's glory this summer? Make a plan, guys. Make a plan in your family group. Make a plan individually to become the one that says, my face is radiant. I was unaware of it. I just spend time with my awesome God. Amen.
I'll fly away. Come on.